wa alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Jazakumullah khairan everyone who's joining online. Today we have the first edition of a book that Sheikh Saad wrote that I never knew about, subhanAllah. Uh, wisdom from the wise, uh, advice from Luqman, alayhi salam. And inshallah, Sheikh Saad, I won't go through his uh, LinkedIn bio this time either. Uh, we did part one, still we're waiting on a part two and a potential part three. So inshallah, when that comes out, uh, you guys will get to know uh, a bit more about yeah. Sheikh Saad soon, inshallah. Um, I'm going to get off the screen and I will let you take over, inshallah. Soon. Okay. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Wassalatu wassalamu ala Imam Nambiyal Musin wa ala alihi wa tayyibin wa tahirin wa sahabatihi wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsan illa yamadin amma ba'd. Allahumma ja'alna minhum. Before I begin, this is not uh, a class on the book. Okay, so I'm just, I'm just, I'm just clarifying that from the very, very beginning. Uh, what uh, uh, Hamza is referring to is um, we're sort of brainstorming. What should the we actually there wasn't much brainstorming at all. Um, at the very beginning, Hamza mentioned um, I actually approached him because I was trying to see if uh, we're doing anything with Masha Uthman, uh because if not, then I was going to do something with another masjid, um, which is why I wasn't uh, we didn't have a program yesterday because I told the imam of a different masjid that you know i might just uh do stuff with you um and then hamza had mentioned oh we were thinking about reproaching you i'm like okay perfect let's just figure this out so we thought okay let's go ahead and do this we won't have it the first night because i already committed elsewhere but um let's sort of figure out what the topic will be so i was thinking advice of luqman hamza said it so i'm like if i'm thinking and he said it then this is clearly from allah and so um, I said, this is not as difficult uh, of a topic to research because we did some research on it when we published a book, which is a companion book to our parenting book um, that focused on fathers. And um, so that's what he's referring to. Um, I'm not going to go through that text in this, in this class. Rather, we're going to go through tafsir in this class about Luqman alayhi salam radiallahu anhu Whichever, uh, whichever opinion you take now so before we begin first things first it is a huge blessing from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we are gathering here to be able to do something with the regularity that has been established in these gatherings and what's that regularity that regularity <clears throat> is the regularity of meeting year after year now uh, pretty much after every ramadan or every ramadan and first 10 nights of the and so we should thank Allah Ta'ala and be grateful to him for this type of regularity in such gatherings. I don't know who's online right now. I can't see names. I can't see numbers, etc. But this year's gathering is going to be slightly different. So we're going to have it very, very structured. Every time you come into class or come into the gathering, you're going to take a couple minutes to do the following. The first thing is you're going to take a couple minutes to pray two rakah. And the two rakah will be Salat al-Hajjah. Uh, we're going to, it's haja, satul uh, hajat, we have a need with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, grow closer to him and to change our lives. You can have a dual intention for nafal, for qiyam, for tahajjud, uh, if you've slept, uh, for istikhara, etc. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask everyone, just take two minutes right now, and pray two quick rakatain khafifatain. 
two rakah. If you happen to be someone who's not praying right now, just go ahead and sit in dua for a couple of minutes, okay? So what an, um, uh, what an awesome way to be able to start, where we were in, able to engage in prayer, engage in Quran, engage in, um, in dhikr. We'll have the talk, we'll end with dua. Inshallah, this will be a comprehensive gathering that will happen regularly. My hope is that you take this example, not that I provided, but the example that my teachers provided me. And when you have gatherings at your home, guys hanging out, sisters hanging out, family coming together, that you take this example and apply over there. There's no reason why when guys are hanging out, you can't just say, hey guys, just make sure you get to the house at 7.30 and then just spend 10 minutes reading Quran, doing some basic ibadah and hanging out after that. There's no reason why that can't be the case. We should flavor our gatherings uh, with ibadah. In fact, our gatherings should be for ibadah, but if they're, you know, for other reasons, we should flavor it with ibadah. Not, you know, and by that, I don't mean, you know, the token, like, Quran recitation at a wedding. That's not ibadah. That's just, like, the token Quran recitation at a wedding. I mean a little more than that. Anyway, bismillah. <clears throat> this idea of uh, speaking about salam, depending on whether you uh, are of the opinion that he's a prophet or not a prophet, is one that I remember years ago, Mr. Qadri Habib and I, we spoke about. After working on the that youth text, War Within Our Hearts, then we worked on the Parenting Who Said It Was Easy book. Then after that, we went on to the Wisdom from the Wise. And this is supposed to be a companion text to a parenting book, namely focusing on uh, importance of fathers within uh, within uh, the lives of children. This is not to belittle or undermine any single mothers raising their children. Circumstances occur that are beyond the control of all of us within life. There were Sahaba who grew up uh, having lost their father. Some of their mothers remarried, some of their mothers did not remarry. And we know there's hadith that speak about this as well. However, in this time in which gender is being challenged, in which uh, different types of orientation are being challenged, and we're just, manhood and chivalry is being challenged, it's important to recalibrate our social, religious, and spiritual compass to know what Islam says about this. I remember a couple years ago, I was teaching, I'm a teacher of profession, and um, one in my class, there was a desk that had to be moved for one of the female students. So I asked one of the males to pick it up and move it uh, for that female. And when I asked that, she became all up in arms. What, you don't think I can lift it myself and I'm just as capable? And I stopped her and I said, this is nothing about you. This is about my training, the guys in my class, towards chivalry. Because this was a concept that existed in our deen and continues to exist in our deen. And yes, within our postmodern society where we begin to, our postmodern society would be to, you know, deconstruct everything and we try to equate everything and we have like this pseudo-feminist movement that exists within our societies that we begin to now establish such equality, not equity, that everything has to be streamlined in this one muddled tunnel vision. We don't accept that Islamically. Islamically, we honor the fact that men take وَلِلْرِجَالِ عَلَيْهِنَ الدَّرَجَةِ الرِّجَالُ قَوَّمُونَ عَلَى النِّسَاءِ 
as they have this desire to prove that qawama and take care of their families, we honor that. And on the fact that women have a desire to also take care of their families. And they both express it sometimes in different ways. And we have complete love for that. And we honor the women who accept the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created them in a unique capacity. And we honor the men who accept the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created them in a, weak, uh, in, a, in, a, in a unique capacity. And a lot of statistics that lend to the fact that when you throw the male figure out of the house, meaning that you no longer find importance in the male figure, that society begins to really be affected. For example, there is um, in the Journal of Research and Adolescence, the, the 4th of September, 14th September 2004, in an article uh, titled Father Absence and Youth Incarceration, it's mentioned that incarceration, excuse me, that young men who grow up in homes without fathers twice as likely to end up in jail as those who come from traditional two-parent families. So there is an effect on homes in which the father is absent. And today, unfortunately, it's even come to a point where the fathers are present at home and they're absent because they're so busy playing video games. It's a really crazy phenomenon that you have like four-year-old adults playing video games where the kids are being raised by like social media and television. From the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, it's mentioned that 60%, 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. So again, there's an impact. Uh, from the United States Center for Disease Control, an older statistic that mentions 85% of all children that exhibit behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. We see that um, the National Principals Association's report on the state of high schools has mentioned that 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. Um, uh, there's a book that, from the American Sociological Review, uh, volume 56, it's mentioned that kids living in single parent homes or in step families report lower educational expectations on the part of their parents, less parental monitoring of schoolwork and less overall social supervision than children from quote unquote intact families. Now again, situations do arise. If someone's in a situation where this is their, this is what Allah has decreed for them, alhamdulillah. We work through it. The Sahaba worked through it. The Salaf worked through it. But to begin to have this idea that we don't need, oh, we don't need a mother in the home, we don't need a father in the home, that is not an acceptable reality that we have. The U.S. Department of Justice special report, this is published all the way in 1988, mentioned 70% of juveniles in state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes. And that has increased, obviously, since. It's been three decades since that report was released. Criminal activity. There's a, a book, Underclass Behaviors in the United States. The likelihood that a young male will engage in criminal activity doubles if he's raised without a, a father and triples if he lives in a neighborhood with a high concentration of single parent families. So we have, and there's, there's many, many uh, other, there's more statistics over here. I just don't have time to get into it. But I want to press this conversation with this idea that we, are not backwards. Muslims are very progressive in our thinking. But the progressive nature of our thinking is situated roots in the foundation of revelation. And so that which was revealed 1400 years ago is still as relevant today as it was 1400 years ago because the Lord who revealed it 1400 years ago is not bound by time. 
and the wisdom that he has imparted as the sunnah of this earth will continue continue to be that 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 wisdom that will perpetually be beneficial until the end of time some people will be able to be uh, to benefit from it some will not those who deny and reject it that's problematic those whose circumstances not allow them to benefit from it that's a completely different story so we begin with that and and my apologies if i've offended anyone that was not my intention at all um and then we go into this surah surah luqman now allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he does not have out of the 114 chapters that he's established in quran only a handful have a name that labels the surah all all surah names they're tawqifiyah they're divinely ordained from these surah we have surah maryam after maryam alayhi salam radiyallahu anha we have surah yusuf named after prophet yusuf alayhi salam we have um uh surah saba we have uh we have surah muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam we have a few surah that have names now those chapters for the most part uh, surah yusuf is different are not all about that one personality but there's elements of that personality in that surah but that personality there's elements of that person that spread out through the entire surah and so even with surah with, with, with surah luqman even though the entire surah is not about luqman or the allahu anhu the wise we do see that even as the surah begins allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he he has the underlying theme about wisdom the surah begins alif lam mim tilka ayatul kitab al hakim in different places in the quran allah ta'ala begins alif lam mim alif lam mim ra hamim kaf ha ya ain sad with his huruf al muqatta'at and when he does so there is a reason behind it the actual meaning we will never know some of the sahaba had opinions as to what the actual meaning was but we will never definitively know until the hereafter where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lets these things be known and inshallah then our curiosity will be what will be fulfilled but we see wisdoms that ulama point to for example in the first chapter following the fatiha Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah begins Alif Lam Mim, ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ لَا رَيْبَ فِي وَدَلِّ الْمُتَّقِينَ Over here, he begins with Alif Lam Mim, letters whose meaning is unknown, and then he immediately follows it with, this is the book in which there's no doubt, guidance for mankind. Which a person, leaves a person scratching his head wondering, how could this be a book in which there's no doubt, where the initial verse questions about because i don't understand and the scholars have various explanations one is that what we begin the quran by making by praising allah recognizing his uh, position and seeking guidance from allah and then we set that guidance and then allah ta'ala responds right away that what this book is the guidance that you've been seeking but no that in the end you won't be able to understand all of it so you must submit to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through that which you understand and that which you don't understand in both la rayba fi the lord who revealed this there's no doubt in him the words that you understand there's no doubt in 
and the words that you don't understand, there's still no doubt in it, it's guidance for you. In Surah Yusuf, in Surah Yusuf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alif lam ra, tilka ayat al-kitab al-mubin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins Surah Yusuf when he begins with the with the, uh, the, the huruf al-mata'at alif lam ra. And then when he says alif lam ra, then what does he begin with? Tilka ayat al-kitab al-mubin. Now, these are the clear verses. And this is really one of the few surah in Quran in which there's, there's a linear, clear projection of the life of an individual. It's, a, it, it's the relation of one uh, story, clearly from beginning to end. Over here in Surah Luqman, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins, Alif Lamim, Tilka Ayatun Kitab Al Hakim. That, that these verses of this book, what type of book? Hakim, the wise book. The book filled with wisdom. Huda, it's a book of guidance. And it is a mercy for the people who are striving to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the description of those people will follow. And the description of those people are actually found not only here, but in, in the advice of Luqman radiallahu anhu. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he begins by speaking specifically about the fact that this chapter refers to a book filled with guidance, the words of Allah ta'ala, the Qur'an. And this chapter is going to speak about the wise sage, Luqman radiallahu anhu. So the question is, who was Luqman radiallahu anhu? And why is it so important to learn from him when we have the wisest of all wise individuals, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and speak about the wisdom of the gender of other people other than the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Well, the answer is very simple. Our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was from the lineage meaning he was not the first Prophet. The first Prophet upon this earth was Adam Alaihi Wasallam. And we continue, Sheath, etc. Alayhi Musalatu Wasallam until we reach Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Every prophet comes in the spiritual and really in many ways the blood lineage as well, the spiritual and academic tradition of the previous prophets. There's a type of sana that connects one to the other, to the other, to the other. And this is what our deen is really based on. It's not based upon one individual being randomly inspired to speak something. No. Rasulullah wasallam is from a lineage of inspiration of all the prophets and the people of wisdom. His message that he gave came from the same Lord that inspired the messages to the previous prophets and the previous workers of the deen. The message that the prophets carried over. Some new revelation that now abrogated previous revelation and some confirmed previous revelation. But that is where we start today. Why? Because we have to recognize that we don't come in this society, this whole postmodern society where we now think to ourselves that we have the end all knowledge. No, we stand on the shoulders of giants. And the reason we can see so far over the heads of others is because the giants that preceded us were humble enough to lower their shoulders for us to climb on top to see ahead. We don't have an appreciation for that. And we will never be successful. 
because what's going to happen is we're going to begin to dig uh you know when you plant something you begin to dig and if it's a shallow hole that a person digs then whatever is planted will quickly be washed away but if it's very deep whatever is planted will remain firm despite the pressure of water that comes and the hole has been dug from generations before and the prophet put that final seed there it's been covered up to grow to now feed the world until the end of time we stand on the shoulders and efforts of those who came before and from those individuals were the people of wisdom some many were prophets and some were not maryam was not a prophet at least the vast majority say she's not a prophet but we benefit from her sacrifice her wisdom her piety her uh, her 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 uh, um, her submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the same with Luqman radiallahu anhu so Allah ta'ala mentions wa laqad atayna luqmana al hikma an yashkur lillah wa man yashkur fa inna ma yashkur li nafsi wa man kafar fa inna Allah ghaniyun hamid so who was luqman according to imam uh, imam baghwi rahmatullahi alayhi he mentions that he was luqman bil uh, luqman Ibn Ba'ur bin Nakhur bin Tariq wa huwa Azar. One opinion is who he was. According to um, uh, others, he was the, uh, the the cousin of Ayyub alayhi salam. He was the son of, or, or um, I shouldn't say, uh, the, the, the nephew of Ayyub alayhi salam. And the other says that he was the son of the uh, aunt of Ayyub, meaning his cousin. So some of the scholars say that he was actually from the family, the, the, the relatives of Prophet Ayyub alayhi salam. Imam Baydawi rahmatullah mentions that he had reached to the life of Prophet Dawood alayhi salam and he took knowledge from Prophet Dawood alayhi salam and that's where he gained a lot of his wisdom. Others like Imam al-Waqidi mentions that he was from the uh, judges of Bani Israel. In others, they mention, um, um, Imam Ahmad mentioned, others mention Ibn Abi Dunya, and others mention that he was a Abyssinian slave or a, a, who was a carpenter. Imam al he mentions this as well. Now, let's put all of that aside for a moment and let's look at a very interesting point that comes from this. So, what's one point that we mentioned? The Quran is a word of Allah that's filled with wisdom. That wisdom was disseminated by virtue of individuals, namely prophets, who came and they carried this tradition, this academic, this spiritual uh, tradition from the time where Adam was put into this earth till Rasulullah. And then the scholars have continued, the Ummah, the Prophet would carry this. And the next thing we recognize is Luqman. In the Quran, Allah does not mention that he was a relative of Prophet Ayyub or that he was potentially a, a, a Qadi from Bani Israel or that he was a black slave from Abyssinia who happened to be a carpenter. He doesn't mention this. Rather, what does Allah Ta'ala mention? وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا لُقْمَانَ الْحِكْمَةِ Verily, we have bestowed upon Luqman radiallahu anhu wisdom. In today's time in particular, this is something that is fascinating and is absolutely essential for a person to understand. Our deen has always valued an individual not based upon any superficial quality, 
the value came based upon the submission of Allah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and based upon the work that, that the khidmah the person put in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the past, skin color was important, meaning if you were if you if you, if you were light, if you were white skinned, etc., you were elevated. Now with the recent push in establishing social justice, uh, dark skin is elevated. I have a friend, Rashid, um, who uh, came out with this brand of bandages called Roundages. I was just talking to him the other day about this. He came out with this awesome product. Now this product really gained a, a lot of steam after a lot of the, um, a lot of the, um, uh, you know, um, um, uh, um, the different protests, everything that's been happening around the country to help uh, establish a level of equality that should have always existed. Before, it was invoked to be white. But now it's invoked to be black. And maybe it's invoked to be biracial. And maybe it'll be invoked to be a female scholar. At times, invoked to be a male scholar. There's always different things. Our deen does not care about that per se. Of course, it gives value to everyone because Allah Ta'ala has made everyone. But the value comes from the submission and the contribution to the deen, not based upon something superficial. So people like to say now, and I've seen people say, oh, subhanAllah, look at Islam. Look how fair we are. We have, even the Quran speaks about uh, black uh, uh, contributors to our deen, like Luqman radiallahu anhu. Yes, but his skin color is important because Allah made him that way, but it wasn't the reason why Allah has honored him in Quran. Just like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't honor Adam salam, from being a brownish color, according to many of the opinions, or Isa salam, for being or, uh, from, from, from a brownish color, or uh, for another prophet for being the prophet for being a wheatish, light wheatish color, etc. That's not the reason they were honored. They were honored for their submission. I don't want Muslims to fall into this trap where all of a sudden we begin to elevate people based upon what the popular position is socially in society of the way a person looks or the person's gender or the person's skin color, etc. No, we honor based upon other things. Uh, all of Adam children have been honored but specifically in Surah Hujarat what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mention he mentions that that um, that, that um, when you see that Allah ta'ala has made us uh, um, uh, from 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 the nationality, the ethnicity has never been the main reason by which a person is honored and elevated. Rather, what is it? It's the fact, the virtue of that person's taqwa and submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So don't, while we do always uh, uh, aim for equality, we don't elevate one person over the other because they're a dominant race, as is the case in many racist situations of the past, nor do we try to overly make up for it by now pushing everyone who's colored towards the front as well. No, what do we do? We honor based on taqwa. We honor based on knowledge. We honor based on submission. That's what we honor based on. And everything else may have importance, but it's not the primary source of importance. And so in this verse, Allah Ta'ala does not begin by describing Luqman beyond what is necessary for us to know about him. And that was that Allah blessed him and bestowed him with wisdom. And that wisdom if we have a share of it, 
And the Prophet ﷺ was given wisdom. And his wisdom is known as a sunnah. That Allah Ta'ala, Prophet Ibrahim ﷺ made his dua. رَبَّنَا بَعْثِهِمْ رَسُولًا مِّنْهُمْ يَتْسُلُوا عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِكَ وَيَعْلُمُنْ كِتَابُ الْحِكْمَةِ وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ That recites the verses, teaches the kitab, meaning the Qur'an, and the hikmah, which is the sunnah. And he purifies them. Now, Luqman radiallahu anhu, what else do we see? We see that, um, I lost my place. So it's mentioned that he was a najjarun, uh, uh, and then one khayaqun, um, and one ra'i, ra'i ghanam. That he was a, a, a carpenter, or he was a, 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 um, a tailor, or what was he? He was a, um, a, a shepherd. And there's different opinions on this, but what we see is such an important point. So what points have we established so far? Number one, the Quran is the book of wisdom from the Lord who has created and, 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 and encompasses all wisdom. And that wisdom was not given directly to all followers. It was then sent down through the people of wisdom, the prophets namely, who then disseminated this wisdom that which we act upon today. Then we cover this idea that what? Nuqman radiallahu anhu, that there's different opinions of was he related to a prophet or what was his, um, uh, you know, was he an Abyssinian slave, etc. We specifically spoke about this idea that honor was given to him by virtue of his wisdom and submission to Allah, not by virtue of skin color one way or the other. And we have to be careful that we don't fall into either extremes of this trap. Then the third thing we see now is that Prophet, uh, that Luqman radiallahu anhu, that there's opinions that he was a, a carpenter or he was a, a tailor or that he was a, um, uh, that he was a shepherd. Uh, of, uh, um, uh, he was a shepherd. Now, this is important for us today as well. More often than not, this incorrect assumption that only the people who are imams or ulama can be people close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's not the case. Shaykh Abdul Hakim Murad, Hafizahullah, mentioned something very interesting. He's mentioned that all of us have probably interacted with awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even if we don't know it. All of us have prob probably interacted with awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even if we have not noticed it. They are the sweepers of the streets and the cleaners of the masajid and the people who run the shops who are humble in appearance. No one gives them even a second glance or second thought. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they have a very high position. Your role as a computer engineer, as a uh, housewife or house husband, as a student, as a uh, physician, as a, um, um, a construction worker, your role with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so long as that is earning halal income, your role in this world is not based upon that. Meaning your importance with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to be, oh, you only make X amount of money or you're in this financial bracket, you're not important or you're in this financial bracket, you're important, or you're in this job or profession, you're not important, this job or profession, you're important. No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not make Luqman uh, radiallahu anhu, namely from the, the highest professional class. Rather, he operated even in the position of being a judge while he was a shepherd or a 
officer, or he was, excuse me, sailor, you can maintain your professional um, uh, uh, positions in this world while you submit to Allah. I was speaking to one of the brothers the other day. He is an accountant, I believe. And he spends his free time teaching Quran. He's an accountant by profession, spends his free time teaching Quran. His contribution to the world, he was saying, I'm paraphrasing this, he fears that there's nothing worthy of his that he can show on the Day of Judgment from himself. But he wants to teach people so they can become something special and then maybe they'll intercede on his behalf and he'll be safe. Doesn't say, well, I'm an accountant. I'm now resigned to living a mundane life. No, this is the method or this is the avenue by which Allah has me gain halal income. And I'm going to still contribute to the deen. And he does so with his free time teaching Quran. So many people run, you know, they, they teach Quran part time in their home or they may do A, B and C, different types of service to the community. And that is where their position with Allah comes. So you can be a person of wisdom, of knowledge. You can be a person of khidmah, of the deen, and you don't have to leave your job. Yes, the ulama will always have their positions, and we need them. People are full-time in this type of service. But everyone else should not all of a sudden say, well now, inna hahuna qa'idun, right? Like Bani Israel would say, oh Musa, you and your Lord go fight. Where does this sit here and wait and sit? And relax until you take care of the situation. No. We still become foot soldiers in this effort to go spread deen and establish goodness. Allah Ta'ala can give wisdom and wilayah to anyone. We can take khidmah of deen from anyone. Not only from the people who have spent 7, 8, 10 years studying, but even the person who is fixing shoes as a profession at home and selling it or returning it back to the, to the owner. And then there's wisdom and there's benefit etc. that they give to people maybe by teaching Quran or teaching A, B, and C or doing whatever khidmat Allah accepts from them. And as a, a caveat over here, those of us who may have studied or are in positions of being board members, etc., whatever the case may be, we should also recognize that just because so-and-so is not of that position doesn't mean that Allah not put great benefit in this individual. The carpenter, the, the shepherd, the tailor, was a person accepted for wisdom such that he is mentioned in Quran as a surah named after him. We don't know where that wisdom will be. So-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so may not have positioned the eyes of people, but the eyes of Allah may be important. And thus we take from them when they can offer good and we humble ourselves to receive the goodness that Allah has put within them. Unless we have clarity of heart to see this, we will only see ourselves as being people of importance and no one else as people of importance and will destroy ourselves in our own arrogance. Now, there's a little more to say over here, but I'm going to stop here because my intention was every night only to go about half hour to 40 minutes. And so we've reached that threshold right now. We have still eight more nights together that we're going to go through this. And inshallah, I'll try to keep a good pace so that we are, that we don't fall behind. There's no real method of accepting questions over here, so I'm not going to have a QA. and uh, But we'll end, inshallah, with dua. And then I implore all of you to spend a few moments in worship before going to sleep.
tomorrow's the weekend anyway, or tonight's the weekend, or today's the weekend because it's already started. So you can spend a few more uh, moments in worship, maybe stay awake till Fajr and then go to sleep thereafter. I want to end with one thing. Last year we sat together. Hamza, what was our topic last year? Oh, that's fine. Um, yeah, if there's a way for Q&A, that's fine. I don't know if you really want to, but it's it's oh, it's fine with me. But what was our topic last year? The series of Islamic Spirit. And one of the things that we had intended was at the end that next year we sit in Masjid Uthman in person to have these programs. Masjid Uthman is not open yet. I mean, the Masjid that currently is um, the temporary location is there. But the permanent location, inshallah, is not there yet. So I'm going to ask that we do a small fundraiser. And this fundraiser is not a fundraiser. It's like a dua raiser. I want everyone here to commit. And to make sure you do this, you can write it down and post it on your fridge, post it on your bed, post it on top of your coffee table, etc. Just have one note somewhere that you commit one dua a day, sincere dua, to the completion of this masjid. Not asking for even a penny from anyone over here. That we make the intention now that until the masjid is built, we're going to try to make one dua a day to have this masjid complete. I'm happy MSI is running. I'm happy uh, uh, Darul Salaam is running. I'm happy ICW is running. This is the massage in my area. But Masjid Uthman has been coming up and benefiting the community as well. And can you imagine the benefit it'll give if Allah has accepted so much from it where it's working out of a temporary location? Imagine the good that can come from it once it works out of a more permanent location. And the worry and the headache of completing this project is no longer on the minds of the leadership and even the volunteers. So this is my request for quote unquote funds that all of us donate one dua a day, sincere dua a day to this project. Maybe Allah will accept one person's dua. The project will be done sooner than we even imagined. And all of a sudden we're sitting here in person, uh, listening to someone even better, inshallah, uh, give uh, these talks that we pray together. So inshallah, we'll end with dua together, and then I'll let you guys go for um, your own private worship. وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا إننا آمنا واتبعنا الرسول فاكتبنا مع الشاهدين اللهم آتي نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها مولاها اللهم اهدنا في من هديت وعافنا في من عافيت وتولنا في من توليت وبارك لنا فيما عطيت وقنا شر ما قضيت فإنك تقضي ولا يقضى عليك فإنه لا يعز من من إن فإنه لا لا يعز من لا لا يذل من واليت ولا يعز من عاديت تبارك ربنا وتعاليت
اللهم إنا نسألك حبك وحب من يحبك وحب عمر يقربنا إليك ونسألك جنة الفردوس بغير حساب ونعوذ بك من عذاب النار وعذاب القبر وفتنة المحيا والممات وفتنة المسيح الدجال Oh Allah, we thank you, Ya Allah, for allowing us to reach another Ramadan. We've done so without the presence of all of our friends and family, some who have left this world recently, some who have left this world sometime within the past year. Allah, those who have left us, Ya Allah, we ask that they have joined a rank and position better than what this world has to offer, that they are in their graves, with their graves as far as the eye can see, with the window of paradise open, had the precursor rewards of paradise upon them, Ya Allah. And we ask, Ya Allah, that you raise them on the day of judgment under the shade of your throne, without, and you judge them in such a way that they get hisab and yasirah, they get al-fardos, not any hisab. O oh Allah, for those individuals who are still here this year, Ya Allah, <clears throat> we ask, Ya Allah, that you bless them, Ya Allah, and you fortify their deen in such a way, Ya Allah, that never will the, the temptations of their nafs and shaitan ever lead them astray. And you let every day, Ya Allah, be a better day than the previous one. And every year be a better year than the previous one. And let the days and the moments of their death, Ya Allah, be the best days of their entire lives, Ya Allah. And we ask that you accept this from us in such a way, Ya Allah, that we see it with our own eyes, the improvement that we're making regularly. And then you give us little feet to be grateful to you, Ya Allah. Allah, we ask that you bless this masjid, the organizers of this masjid, the volunteers of this masjid, those who are with us and those who are no longer with us today. And we ask, Ya Allah, that you give tawfiq, Ya Allah, for this masjid to be complete, Ya Allah. O oh Allah, verily, Ya Allah, in this time in which the world has a growing darkness, this masjid and many other institutions are attempting to spread your light across the world. And O oh Allah, you have promised that you will fulfill this light despite the efforts of those who are your enemies, Ya Allah. Allah, we ask, Ya Allah, that you make us a means to carry on this light to our neighbors, to our neighborhoods, to our families, and to the world, Ya Allah. Allah, we ask, Ya Allah, as we learn the lessons from Luqman, anhu, the wise, the sage, that you make people, us people of wisdom as well, Ya Allah, and people of knowledge as well, Ya Allah, and people of submission, Ya Allah, and people of purity. And that you bless us and our families with such a blessing of deen, Ya Allah, that everything else in this world, the wealth, the pomp, the glitter, seems paltry and worthless in our eyes. And we only engage in it for that which is necessary, and we leave it for you, Ya Allah. Allah, we ask you to forgive us for our sins, Ya Allah, those that we did knowingly and unknowingly, those that we did in moments of passion, and those that we did through through very intricate calculation, Ya Allah. And we ask, Ya Allah, that you turn us away from sin forever, Ya Allah, that you let us do uh, perform a tawbah tonight and every night, Ya Allah. Let us have a tawbah that's accepted from us every day and every night, Ya Allah, such that when we pass away, we go back with many accepted tawbah, Ya Allah, and we come back to you, Ya Allah, completely pure, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, we thank you, Ya Allah, for reopening the Haramain Sharifain for visitors again. But oh Allah, there is a darkness and cloud that has come over that region, Ya Allah. The leadership has engaged in things that has brought an embarrassment to the way of the deen, Ya Allah. And to the land of the Prophet the land of Quran, the land of your home, Ya Allah. Allah, we ask that you guide the leadership back to the straight path, path, Ya Allah. Or you remove and then place in their greater leaders, Ya Allah. Allah, we ask that you protect Masjid Al-Aqsa from the enemy's attacks, Ya Allah. And then you remove all of the hatred and violence that surrounds Masjid, Ya Allah. 
and you fill it and replace it with peace, Ya Allah. And you allow, Ya Allah, the, the, the way that Salahuddin al-Ayyubi rahmatullah Umar bin Khattab radiyallahu left that city, Ya Allah, where people worshipped you in the way that you have guided them towards, Ya Allah. And those individuals who worship you in a religion and way that no longer accepted, Ya Allah, there's still tolerance for them, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, we ask that you allow us to revive that sunnah, Ya Allah, and that you bring Mashal Aqsa victory, Ya Allah, and the believers victory, Ya Allah, and you remove the oppression that exists there, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, we ask that you remove the oppression, Ya Allah, and the hatred that has filled the lands of India, Ya Allah, and filled, Ya Allah, Burma, Ya Allah, and other regions across the world, China, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, our brothers and sisters are being oppressed and we've forgotten about them, Ya Allah. We ask that you fill our nights with dua for them, Ya Allah, our days with fiqh for them, Ya Allah, and you remove the oppressive leadership from them, Ya Allah, and you replace it with good leadership, Ya Allah. O Allah, we ask that you give tawfiq to the leaders of the Muslim world, Ya Allah, to be able to actually act as Muslim leaders, Ya Allah, to not be embarrassed, Ya Allah, of standing up for truth, Ya Allah, be it through jihad, through kalimatul haqq, through any means, Ya Allah. And we ask all that you grant us all tawfiq, Ya Allah, to have pride of our deen, Ya Allah, not be embarrassed, Ya Allah, to stand up for the truth, Ya Allah. Allah, we ask that you bless all the parents, Ya Allah, of this ummah, Ya Allah. Those who are working together and those who are operating as single parents, Ya Allah. We ask that you give them peace and itminan in their hearts, Ya Allah, when they raise their children, Ya Allah. That you make us realize, Ya Allah, that you are the one who's truly in charge that you allow us to turn our children over to you so you may raise them, Ya Allah. Allah, we ask, Ya Allah, that you give us children, Ya Allah, tawfiq, respect, and honor our parents, Ya Allah. Be they alive or have passed away, Ya Allah, to make us be a coolness of their eyes, Ya Allah. Allah, we ask, Ya Allah, that you send your blessings upon our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Ya Allah. That you grant him the highest and choicest blessings, Ya Allah, and you allow us to see him in our dreams and to be in his company in paradise, Ya Allah. And that you bless those individuals who are carrying out a part of the sunnah through their sacrifice and submission to you and the khidmah of the deen, ya Allah. Oh Allah, we ask, ya Allah, those, those who are suffering across the world through uh, poverty or homelessness or abuse or war or loneliness or depression or anxiety or isolation or broken families or, 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 or starvation or excessive thirst or, 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 or famine, or drought, or whatever is facing them, Ya Allah, that you remove this from them, Ya Allah. That you allow those of us who've begin, been given comfort, Ya Allah, to look into our hearts, to recognize that we are living in a comfort that we do not deserve, and to then allow us to take from our bank accounts and from ourselves and give it to others so they have an equal opportunity towards ease in this world, Ya Allah. Allah, we ask, Ya Allah, that you protect us from the punishment of the grave, Ya Allah. And the punishment and the pains of death, Ya Allah, and the fitna of the jail, Ya Allah, and the torments of the day of judgment, Ya Allah. O Allah, we ask that you soften our hearts, Ya Allah. O Allah, purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Remove the diseases of our hearts, Ya Allah. Make us people submit to you, Ya Allah. O Allah, we ask, Ya Allah, that you make us amongst those who are true followers of Prophet Muhammad, Ya Allah, that we align ourselves in the spiritual and academic and the uh, tradition of our Prophet Ya Allah, the social services that he provided, the, 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 that he provided, the, the, the way of deen that he provided, Ya Allah, that we actually put us in line with it, Ya Allah. 
Allah, we ask that you protect our institutions, Ya Allah, and our madaris and our masajid, Ya Allah, and you protect our teachers, Ya Allah. Allah, we ask that you take from us, Ya Allah, khidna the deen, Ya Allah, that will make us have a special place with you, Ya Allah. Allah, we ask, Ya Allah, that you protect us from wasting our time ever, Ya Allah, and from ever wasting the resources that you give us, Ya Allah. Allah, do not, ever, uh, do not let us ever again throw away a plate of food or waste a moment of time or be ungrateful for the various comforts that you've given us. Rather, Ya Allah, let us be fully immersed in your remembrance and your gratitude such that, Ya Allah, any and every moment is spent thanking you in action and word, Ya Allah. Allah, ask you to strengthen our belief, Ya Allah, in you such that we live with Iman and die upon Iman and Ihsan, Ya Allah. Allah, we ask that you rectify our deeds and forgive our sins and turn our sins into good deeds, Ya Allah. You reunite us with those whom you love and with whom we love. And you protect us from even seeing any part of the hellfire. Allow us to intercede on behalf of those, our family, who may enter there. And that you grant us, Ya Allah, the intercession of your Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya Allah. Allah, so much more to ask, but the time is short and the list is very, very long. So whatever is halal and tayyib within our hearts, whatever the Prophet sought from you, whatever the Salaf al-Salihin sought from you, or the Anbiya Ali Mustafa sought from you, Ya Allah, that you give us our share in that as well. Allahumma inna nas'alukum min khayri ma sa'alakum minhu nabiyuka abduka Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'adukum min shari musta'adum minhu nabiyuka abduka Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-mustanu alayka al-bala wa la ahwal wa la quwata illa billah. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Bi rahmatika ya rahmat rahmin. Alhamdulillah. InshaAllah we'll meet again tomorrow. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.